Hey everybody, welcome to the First Pres Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast channel or our YouTube channel for the latest Sunday messages. We're so glad that you're listening and we are praying that the following message inspires you to take your next steps towards Jesus. Amen. Good morning, church. It's good to have you here. Good to be with Church Online is worshiping with us, uh, uh, LinkedIn and, uh, and worshiping from where you are. I know that we're all united. And today's a really special day because it's World Communion Sunday. We just want to remember that, you know, we're not alone. It's, it's not just all about us. It's not just all about First Pres. The church is united across times and places, all over the place and all nations. And we're going to celebrate that in a minute when we come to the table. But it's also a special day because we're welcoming our new sanctuary worship leader, Jamal Sarakoki, and we've had some fun over in the sanctuary. And, and it's a big day, too, to announce that uh, our own worship leader, Chris Cullens, is stepping into the, the position of creative director with our church. And uh, as Chris steps into that role, congratulations. It's a promotion and an exciting thing for you and your life. Um, We've just seen, as I know you have, that Chris has got so many gifts and talents to, uh, to shepherd us into uh, environments and experiences and encounters with God. And so he's going to move more into that leadership role with us as a church. He's not going anywhere, but that means we're going to hire someone to come under his wing to lead us in, uh, in contemporary praise, to lead our praise team. And so we're looking for that person, searching for that person that Chris is going to be training up and walking along with. And just excited for you, grateful for you, for your gifts and the way you're serving the Lord. Yep, bless you, man. Amen. So we're in this series called Belong, and what we're going to do now is pivot to, to talking about what does this mean for us as a church, like as a body. And the way we're going to do that is to study Romans 12. Romans 12. So I encourage you to open your Bibles to Romans 12. For the next four weeks, we're going to be in Romans 12. Today, we're just going to look at the first two verses, Romans 12, 1 and 2. And as we open the scriptures, let's open our hearts to the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, we know that we are helpless before this text, except that you send help. You send your Holy Spirit, and these words on the page become the voice of God, living and true, active in our lives, drawing us into a relationship with you. We pray for that, Jesus. Come and accompany your word by your spirit and open us the life that you bring. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said? Amen. Amen. Romans 12. <clears throat> Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This is God's word. Well, we want to talk today about belong to God, belong to God as a community of faith. One of our pastors, uh, Pastor Linda Boyle, she's reading a book along with this series. Uh, it's, called, it's a book called Together, The Healing Power of Human Connection in a Sometimes- lonely world. And so she's reading this book and she told me, oh, I, I read this book and I got this to this passage. It fits exactly what we're doing. She said, Tim, one of the cures to loneliness in this book is serving others. Here's the quote. It says in the book, helping others effectively erased the loneliness caused 
by loss. How do you get out of loneliness? Serve others. I said, Linda, that can't be right. You need to go back, read the text more carefully, you know, because there's no way that's right. I know that when I'm alone, I need to get others to serve me, right? That's what, I mean, I need everybody to serve me, to get me out of my loneliness. That's the way I, th- I look at it. So go back, look at the book. Well, she said, ah, Tim, I, I looked again. I looked, here's what it says. It says, serve others. Well, what do you know? What do you know? A cure to loneliness? Find somebody to serve. Well, I love that because it fits right into our weekend. Yesterday we had again our annual City Serve Day, this monumental celebration we have every year. Uh, as a body of churches, as a group of churches in our city, we had 3,000 people out serving in 175 different sites, thousands of hours of community service, of love and care for others. 248 of our own uh, First Pres people out there yesterday. And we just loved and served our city in Jesus' name, no strings attached. Anybody in here that was part of one of those serve projects, you were out there, you're sore, you've got, you've got you know, blisters on your hands, hands in the air, we love you, thank you so much for serving. We love to celebrate this. I love to celebrate the way we love, church. I love to celebrate the way we love. You wanna break out of loneliness? Serve somebody. We're in this series, Belong. Since August, we've been talking about belong. Alone is no good. Jesus invites you to belong. And we've been wanting to understand how do we rupture this pattern, these loneliness patterns of the world and create genuine, true community, real belonging, life together. Jesus, he pulled the Samaritan woman of the well uh, out of loneliness and into belonging. He pulled Peter out of loneliness and into belonging. And he's doing that in our lives. And it's a pattern, moving from alone to risk being known. Can I risk being known? And then moving from there to being open to God. And once you're open to God, you find yourself open to others in a new way, on a new ground. You're open to others on a new platform. Now, for the rest of the series, as I said, we're asking, okay, Maybe I see how this works for a person. How does it work for a church? How does a church as a community move into a pattern that allows for moving out of alone and into true belonging? How do we do this as a body, as a gospel community, as a church? How do we belong to Jesus? Our guide is Romans 12. Romans is one of these letters in the back of the Bible. It's a letter to a community. It's a letter to, as it says in Romans 1, 7, to all in Rome who are, who are what? Loved by God and called to be his holy people. To all. See, that's not, that's not a letter to a person. That's a letter to a group, right? That's a letter to, to people. I find when I'm, whenever I'm preaching these letters in the back of the, of the Bible, I'm always trying to explain to the church, you know, again and again, listen. This is not a solo exercise. This is not a lonesome deal. This is not an individual kind of, kind of a life. These letters are to the church. These letters are to people. These letters are to groups. Do you want to live like Jesus? Do you want to live in, in the kind of life that Jesus lived? Do you want to grow in the kindness and mercy and love that you see on display in Jesus Christ? Do you want to be a kinder human after the likeness of Jesus? Listen, you're not going to do it alone. You can't do it alone. This is a together deal, this thing that we're doing. I am a rock. 
I am an island. Remember that? <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. You're a twig. <laughs> you're a leaf. And you are in the middle of a gigantic river. You're not going to make it alone. This is not an alone deal. We're better together. Amen? So, again and again, what I want you to see as we read along this, I just want you to understand these next few weeks as we look at Romans 12, never does it pivot to, to, to the singular. It's always in the plural. It's always to a group. So let's get going. Verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. I remember um, reading this verse and, and underlining it in my Bible and trying to work it out as an individual. When I was a new Christian, it's like trying to figure out, what does this mean, Tim? What does this mean for Tim? Does anybody remember that? I mean, you underline this, you're like, I know that Jesus died for me. I know that he gave his life for me. What does it mean for me? How do I lay down my life? Because Jesus died for me, and I know that that's personal. I know he knows me by name. And so I want to lay my life down for him. He, laid, he died for me. I want to give my life to him. And how do I do it? How do I lay down my life for Jesus? Now, I want to be clear. That's good Christian thinking. It's good Christian thinking. But church, it's also alone Christian thinking. You see, if I want to, maybe it's not about just me. Maybe it's not about me figuring out how to do this. This is written to a body. This is written to a community of believers. This is written to a gospel community drawn together to be the church. Maybe it's about, maybe it's about doing this together. Maybe it's about, you know, not doing it alone, but finding a way to do it together. You see, maybe it's not uh, like, I hope my church helps me to achieve my goal of laying my life down for Jesus. Maybe that's not it. Maybe it's something more like, I hope that I can help my church to be a body of people reflecting the love of Jesus that lays its life down for the glory of Christ. Do you see a difference? This isn't an alone exercise. Now, our key verse is this, verse two. Church, it's only two verses today, okay? Verse two, don't miss it. We're almost done, right? <laughs> but here, here it is. It's our key verse and I want us to read it together, one voice, even you at home. Would you read this off the screens? It's coming your way. Romans 12, 2. Read this one voice. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, perfect will. Not a rock, not an island. All together, don't be conformed, but be transformed. A body united, a community of true belonging. Look, the church offers uh, an alternative way of life. It says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed, because as a church, we're offering an alternative way of life. And a way to think of this is the church, this church, is an alternative city in our city. 
It's an alternative way of being together, of being citizens, belonging to one another. It's a total alternative to what's going on out there in the world. And we do it all together. And it says, be transformed. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world and its way of life. Instead, be transformed. And take note, it doesn't say go out and transform yourself. It says, be transformed. As God pours out his word, his spirit into your community, as God pours out his word and spirit into the church, as we gather around tables and sacraments, as we are united together, God's using this to shape you into the likeness of Jesus. And you be transformed. You are transformed. And it says, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Now, for those of you who like to keep notes in your margin, I want you to know this. That word, mind, it is singular. Because here's what happens. When you actually are transformed, when you come into the community of faith, when you, when you enter into and allow yourself to be shaped and transformed and united with others in true belonging, what happens is you receive the mind of Christ. And we, as a body, are united in one mind. Philippians puts it this way. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same, what? The same mind. The same mind. Having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. You have the mind of Christ together. So we come together. Not a rock, not an island, not a, not a conglomeration of individuals. God makes us into a body. And we have the mind of Christ together. So we lay down our lives, our bodies, a living sacrifice, true worship to his glory. Sometimes as a pastor, as a leader, sometimes I worry that the church, the teaching that we give, is actually perpetuating this lie of the world, that we are all rugged individuals, all on our own, that we belong only to ourselves. Now, God calls you to belong, to be a community of faith, to be a body of Christ with one mind for his glory. Amen? So, do not conform to this world. Together, don't conform. In the context of this series, I want to point out one thing, one big lie. The big lie. The big lie that's, that's, that's pulling us out of community, pulling us into alone. Here's the big lie. The big lie is this. You are alone. Or if I can put it in slightly different terms, you belong only to yourself. You're alone. This is the big lie that I, church, I don't want you to conform to. I want you instead to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want you to be transformed to resist that lie. Because the lie is out there and it is coming at you and it is telling you again and again and again, you belong only to yourself. In fact, you are alone. It tells you you're alone in your achievements. You're alone in your failures. You're alone in your, in your joys and you're alone in your suffering. And it's a lie. First of all, the big lie wants to tell you you are alone in your achievements. What do I mean by that? I remember when I was a kid, uh, I loved uh, collecting my report cards. Kids, we used to get cards, okay? 
like actual report cards. Anybody remember those? Because, you know, because then you could change it on the way home. And so you used to get these <laughs> report cards. And, uh, and I loved getting my report card. So I would carry it home because the truth is I'm confessing it. It was usually straight A's, okay? Like, oh, and we hate those guys. But so I loved it. I loved getting my report card. So I, was, I wanted to come home, show my parents, and then I, I carefully piled it in the drawer of my desk. And I watched that pile, you know, pile up. Ooh, straight A's, straight A's, straight A's. But here is the, here's the bitter twist. I was alone in my achievement. Even as a kid, I had that feeling. Like I put that report card on there, I put it on that pile, mm, straight A's, mm. And there I was, and it was never enough. The, the, the achievement, you know, the approbation, the congrats, the good job, Tim. There was never enough light shining on my little achiever heart as I, as I piled up my trophies in the desk drawer. Amen? Oh, gosh. Never enough. And I was alone in my achievement. What if instead of, of piling up my trophies in a quiet room all alone where the applause was never loud enough, what if I was able to receive these gifts with gratitude? What if I was able to say, Lord, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for my school. Thank you for my students, my, my, you know, my teachers. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to learn. And thank you for giving me a little bit of smarts. And I'm just, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. And Lord, how can I use what you've given me to serve you and to serve others? See, the world says be alone in your achievement. You, you pile up your trophies in your quiet little trophy room where the applause is never enough. And you're alone, even in doing good things. You're alone. But what if I received that with gratitude and said, Lord, how do I serve others, serve you, glorify your name? I used to pile up those trophies of achievement right up until that dark day when a high school teacher had the gall to give me a B minus in Spanish. <laughs> like, what? Dios mío. I know. Ay de mí. No, muy bueno. You know, you're alone in your achievement, the world says. You're alone in your achievement. No, you're not. It's a lie. You're alone in your failures. The world wants to get you alone in your failures. The lies want to get you alone in the failures. What do I mean? I caught that, uh, just that little portion of uh, the Lion's King, the, the movie Lion King, you know? I just, I just turned it on just for that bit when Simba found his dad. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. <laughs> really hard, really emotional moment. And do you remember what, what the evil uncle came along and did? All of a sudden, the evil uncle comes out of the mist. And what does he say? Scar. He says, Simba, what have you done? What is your mother going to think? What are the people going to say? Run away, Simba, right? Run away. Turn and run from here. You turn and hide from here, and you never come back. Isn't that evil? 
when you meet a place of failure, when you, when you meet a place of having made a mistake, the evil one comes in and he says, you run away from here, you isolate from here. What are people gonna say about you? You're a failure, you didn't, you didn't have success. You failed and you made a mistake and now everyone's gonna turn on you and you better just go run and hide and get alone and isolate yourself and never come back. Folks, it's a lie. It's a lie. You're not alone. Every single life has failure. Every single person in this church and every person who's worshiping online has experienced failure. Amen? But we are a church of failures in all the best ways because you never get anywhere without experiencing some failure. Don't allow the lie. Don't allow the lie. You're alone in your failures. The lie says, the big lie says, you're alone in your joys. What do I mean by that? The big lie is that your joys, your pleasures, your delights are only for you. And, and the big lie says you get alone in your joys and pleasures because these, these pleasures, they're only for you and nobody else knows what you need. They don't know what you really want. They don't know what really delights your heart. And so you get alone in your pleasures and all of these joys and delights, they are only for you. Church, so much damage is done when we believe that we're alone in our joys and pleasures. Listen to me. God did not make the people around you or the world to be consumed by you like a piece of candy for your own pleasure and delight. I know this is a lot to think about. So much damage is done when we believe the lie that we're alone in our joys. Listen to me. In the Lord are delights and pleasures evermore. In the Lord is joy like you have never imagined. But it is not private personal joy. It is not selfish pleasure. It is not self-centered and consuming kind of generation of delight. What is it? It's joy in the community of faith. It's, it's, it's pleasure in the communion with God and with the Spirit. It's in the light. Oh, how I long for every believer to know the true and fulfilling joys that God provides in his light. Amen? It's a lie that you're alone in your joys, and it's a lie that you're alone in your sufferings. Alone in your sufferings, the big lie says. This is that uh, woe is me syndrome. This is that... Uh, Nobody knows the pain that I'm going through kind of thing. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen, right? But it's more than that, church. It's deeper than that. We all get there. Oh, nobody around me knows what it feels like to have this pain in my body. Nobody knows what it's like to get up and face the world with this cancer literally eating me from the inside out. Nobody Nobody knows what a hard time I'm having with my kids. How come I'm the only one in the world who's having a hard time raising my kids? <laughs> right? I mean, I hope you're laughing, right? Because everybody gets there. Everybody has these challenges. It's a lie. And the big lie says get alone in your sufferings because there's nobody that gets it. There's nobody that's going through what you're going through. You get alone in your sufferings. It's a lie. It's the voice of the deceiver. 
whispering in your ear. Haven't you heard it? Get away, get away, get alone, get, isolate yourself. You get out of community. It's evil. And the scripture, he compares these evil forces to a, a lion crouching at the door who wants to pounce on you. Why does scripture use that image? Because this is, the evil one is a predator. And a predator You know, a predator doesn't jump into the herd. What does a predator do? Everything the predator is trying to do, everything it does, it's calculated to try to get the prey alone. If I can get it alone, then I can steal and kill and destroy that life. If I can get it alone, don't believe the lie. Don't conform to the patterns of this world. Be transformed by the renewal of the mind of Christ in the community of faith. Brothers and sisters, do not by the lie. Here it is. Verse 2. In view of God's mercy, I urge you, do not conform to the patterns of this world. Don't swallow the pill. Don't believe the lie. But be transformed by the renewal of your minds so that you can be able. This is God's gift for you. The big lie says you're alone. The big lie says, I belong only to myself. We've got something in our church called the Heidelberg Catechism. We have a pile of um, creeds and confessions that we use to, to guide us in what Scripture teaches us to do and believe. And Heidelberg Catechism is one of them. It comes out of the Reformation 500 years ago. It's a question and answer format. One of the reasons as a church that we have these things is is to guarantee that we're never alone. 2021, we've got the voices of hundreds of years of faithful Christians trying to encourage us along in our way. But here's here's how Heidelberg Catechism opens. Remember, the big lie says, you're alone, you belong only to yourself. Heidelberg Catechism opens with question one. What is your only comfort in life and in death? Answer, church, read these first three words with me. Answer, that I belong. What's my only comfort in life and death? That I belong, not to myself. The big lie says you belong only to yourself and you are all alone. My comfort in life and death is that I belong not to myself, but to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, who at the cost of his blood has fully paid for all my sins and completely freed me from the dominion of the devil. There isn't a lie that he can tell that's going to stick. There isn't a claim that he can make that's going to be valid at the end of the day. Why? Because Jesus Christ, my Savior, he didn't leave me alone. He didn't leave me out there as the prey, subject to the predator. No, he, by the cost of his own blood, by the giving of his own life, he has said to me, you are mine. I have bought you. I have purchased you as a ransom. I've poured out my blood to buy you, and now you belong. And you're not alone. You belong to me. The big lie wants to get you alone, church. It wants to pull you away. Jesus says, you belong to me, and in me you belong to one another. So church, don't conform to the patterns of this world. Don't believe the big lies, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind of Christ among us, by the renewing of your mind, that you will be able, that you will be able. What is your only comfort in life and in death? It's not that you belong to yourself. 
It's that you belong to Jesus. You, we, belong to Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you love us so much, not to leave us to wander alone in our error and sin. At the cost of your own blood, of your own life, you have purchased our place, our place in your kingdom, in your family for eternity. Jesus, make it so for each of us. We pray for your spirit to move in our lives and draw us closer to you that we can truly believe. We can truly believe the victories that you've won for us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Colorado Springs area, we would love to meet you on a Sunday morning. To plan your visit, head to our website at firstprezcos.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-C-O-S dot org.